0: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there wherever you might be. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. The final recruiting weekend or visit weekend, I guess what I should say, for BYU football ahead of National Signing Day on Wednesday. What to make of it? What happened? We'll recap all of that for you guys. We'll also talk a little BYU basketball. Are we back to square one where we thought we had gotten past when it comes to the BYU men's basketball program? We'll delve into that. And of course, we'll catch you up on everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports. Men's volleyball wins again. Women's hoops continues to dominate. We got plenty to cover ahead on today's show. So there you go. That's the roadmap of where we're going on today's podcast. Let's waste no more time and dive right in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 31st, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making us here on Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend, no matter what you were doing. Watching a lot of sports, I know I did. Watching plenty of Utah Jazz and NFL playoffs, also watching a disappointing BYU basketball loss. Uh, maybe the worst loss of the Mark Pope. Run, an entire run as head coach of BYU that lost to Pacific. If you did not get my immediate thoughts after the game, you can go back and listen to the postcast edition I did shortly after that game wrapped up. I posted it late Saturday night. But I think my biggest takeaway today, thinking about it over the weekend, just kind of analyzing some things, is that I feel like it might have been BYU taking two steps backwards when it comes to what we thought they had overcome. Let me explain. Now, BYU early on this season really got some big wins, and that's actually going to help them with their chances of making the big dance, notwithstanding this quad four loss becoming an anchor for them when it comes to their NCAA tournament resume. The bigger thing for me right now as I watch the BYU basketball program is they're running this weave, the three-man weave at the top of the key. But the problem is, there is nobody that wants to attack downhill off of it. And what I mean by that is, they get a screen, or they actually get at an angle where they should be able to attack to the rack, and they don't do it. BYU has struggled with this all year long, and I actually thought, for a time, after that three-game run where they faced St. Mary's, USF, and Gonzaga, and went 2-1, and one, I thought BYU had finally figured some things out on offense, well, the last two losses to Santa Clara as well as the disappointing, bitterly disappointing loss to Pacific screamed to me that BYU might, back, might, might be, be right back at square one if I can get that uh, phrase out of my mouth. And that's the concern here if you're a BYU basketball fan is that maybe we, what we saw or what we thought we saw, and, what we, and this is just me speaking, what I thought I saw from this program in those wins over USF and St. Mary's I thought I saw some progress on offense, and I thought I saw this team starting to turn the corner a little bit. Well, after the back-to-back losses to uh, SCU and then as well as Pacific, maybe I was... uh caught up in a little bit of fool's gold. It just it screams to me that maybe, just maybe, I was up in the night with regards to my thought process on how BYU was performing as a basketball program. I'd like to say that I was right, but when you suffered the losses that BYU did against Santa Clara in disappointing fashion, just bumbling all over themselves in that final minute of that game, and then you go out, seem listless for 37, at least 36 minutes of the game against Pacific, try to rally, and yes, you did try to rally, but where was that energy? Where was the effort? earlier on in that contest. That is the concern, I think, for this BYU basketball team is, are they locked in at every moment of every game? Sure doesn't look like it, because I lost the Pacific. I still just can't get past it. Like That was, objectively, I think, the worst loss of Mark Pope's tenure as head coach at BYU. I, I don't think there's anything else that compares with it. And it just... It screams to me that this team maybe had gotten a little ahead of themselves, got a little full of themselves, got a little bit of a big head, and now they've been uh, kicked right back to the curb. And the hope is that they got humbled a little bit and they will be able to respond as they have a huge week ahead here when they face both San Francisco and Gonzaga at home. Now, I am not expecting a win over Gonzaga. Let me be very clear about that. And the win over USF was about as hard-fought a win as BYU's had in recent memory, so Very likely and very possibly BYU could be 0-4 after this upcoming week. And who knows what the rest of the season looks like. The biggest thing now, though, is Mark Pope. This is where he gets paid. This is, yeah, where. This is also why he gets paid the big bucks as the head coach. He's got to get the guys. He's got to get all of his players to buy in, understand what went wrong against Santa Clara and Pacific, and understand what they need to change if they want to have any hope of avoiding a four-game slide. There is a real possibility that if things really snowball on this team, the bottom could fall out on the season. What we were concerned about with the size on the interior of BYU with the big men, there's a lot of things that are teetering right now. This week is going to tell us a lot about BYU. And the funny thing about this is, and maybe that's not the funny thing, it's kind of unfortunate on my part, is I'm headed on vacation. Uh, I've had a vacation uh, to Florida with my family, scheduled for well over a year at this point, and I did not know BYU's basketball schedule at the time when I scheduled the vacation, and just so happens it's maybe the two biggest home games for BYU on their home slate, especially in conference play, but alas, it is what it is. I have done my absolute best to make sure you guys will be covered in the lead-up to those games against USF and Gonzaga. Going to have Andy Patton on, who covers Gonzaga for our Locked On podcast network. He hosts Locked On Zags. He's going to join us on our Friday edition to the show and also be doing episodes, getting you ready for the USF game in advance of that as well. So it's just, uh, timing couldn't be worse, but I will be watching from afar and hoping, just hoping, fingers crossed, that BYU stuns all of us and bounces back with a big win over USF to signal, okay, we ain't done yet. Like I said, I'm not expecting a win over Gonzaga. That team is far and away the best in the conference of the class of the West Coast Winning a game like that, now that would be stunning. Considering BYU's coming off losses to Santa Clara and Pacific, but hey, I've never—I've I, I, learned in my media career to never count anything out. You—you you never can say never on anything, no matter how unlikely it might be. But only time will tell. I think the biggest thing for BYU right now is they have got to dig deep and find something within themselves because this season suddenly—it's it, crazy to think—it's suddenly just teetering on the brink. But that's exactly where it is right now. I am hopeful that Mark Pope he can go out and lead his guys and get them out of the, get them to believe and dig deep and to find a way to beat USF on their home court. But this is gonna be a it's a crucible this week. It's a big test for this BYU men's basketball team. If they want to restore their hopes for the NCAA tournament, well a big win over USF would be absolutely critical because most people, I was reading this over the weekend, a lot of people think the loser of that game is probably on the outside looking in when it comes to Selection Sunday. It might be, uh, as February kicks off, it might be an NCAA tournament elimination game between the Dons and the Cougars. It's crazy to think about, but it very well could be the case, and we'll obviously continue to track it in the coming days in the lead-up to that matchup. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip over and talk some BYU football. The final recruiting visit weekend of the current recruiting cycle ahead of National Signing Day on Wednesday was this past weekend. What happened? What offers were thrown out? How many commitments did BYU garner? We'll recap all of that for you guys in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Get Upside. Many of you have heard me talk about this, but if you guys drive a lot, get get GetUpside is the free app that you cash back for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. That's cash back, my friends. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back for using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app now. Use the promo code SCORE to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Once again, that's promo code SCORE with the GetUpside app. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I appreciate you guys taking the time to check out this show. It really makes my day when I hear you guys reference Locked On Cougars and when I hear people that I talk with in everyday life, hey, I heard on your podcast, that makes my day, folks. It's it's absolutely incredible, and I appreciate you guys and your patronage of this podcast. January is usually a down month for us here on the podcast. We're actually going to have our best January ever. It's the final day of the month. I've been looking at the numbers over the weekend, and it's a big credit to all of you for your support of the podcast. Now, obviously, it was a big weekend for BYU football. The final visit weekend or the recruiting visit weekend or official visit weekend, however you want to term it, this past weekend for BYU football ahead of National Signing Day on Wednesday. Now, I'm expecting a rather, I guess, uneventful signing day on Wednesday. There's not necessarily a ton of guys BYU is hoping to get signatures from on Wednesday but they did offer a number of guys this past weekend and also brought in a number of guys who have accepted preferred walk-on offers. One of those is Porter Small from Springville High School. I think this is a savvy pickup. He is a guy who had, I think, 22 tackles for loss and 15 sacks for the state champion Springville Red Devils. I had a chance to call, I believe, three Springville games this year, and he stood out in every single game. To get him as a preferred walk-on, I think is a big-time addition for BYU. They also added a commitment from his teammate, Cole Clement who's a six foot four wide receiver slash DB type from Springville. I do wonder which side of the ball he will end up playing. He's six foot four, two hundred and some odd pounds playing for Springville. I thought he was a very talented wide receiver and very well could start his career on that side of the ball. But at the same time, BYU is taking guys like a Cole Clement and said, okay, you're going to be one of those big-bodied safeties for us. You're going to come downhill. You have the mindset of a wide receiver. You know how to really attack guys. Well, guess what? Your job now is to go tackle those dudes and make pass breakups. We'll see where he lands. But both of those guys, as preferred walk-ons, you could do a lot worse. So that's the thing about BYU's preferred walk-on status is they're using that built-bar athlete deal to great effect. These young men, yeah, they may not have a full scholarship offer, but they come in with hopes of earning that scholarship offer, and that's exactly what you want if you're BYU as a program. You want guys to come in that are hungry. Be the next Dax Milne. There is nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you need to recruit high-level athletes and hope that they pan out in their own right, but if you can get guys that are the low-risk, potential high-reward guys, that are their walk-ons, they're not costing you anything in terms of scholarship money, all that stuff, to come in and show what they can do, that's a big-time addition for BYU, and I like those, two from Springville. They also offered Zion Allen. Uh, he was offered a scholarship during his official visit. He played multiple positions in high school. Probably ends up as, at, at DB for BYU if he were to pick the Cougars on Wednesday. A lot of the guys that BYU did offer this past weekend, they're into the, the, the defensive backfield. There are options for them to maybe add one offensive lineman, Lee Salatai, the junior college transfer from Snow College. But the other guys, it seems like, that are going to be the quote-unquote scholarship guys, Guys, you may see announced on Wednesday. They're all coming in my expectation from the defensive backfield. The only other one, I and I say that when I think about it. I'm like, oh, I actually, there's one other one that may play out. But Dom Henry from Florida. He may be a guy that, okay, the one offensive player at wide receiver, the BYU, uh, decides to sign. It seems like to me that BYU is in the driver's seat for this young man considering his other uh, offers come from service academies. He had 1,500 yards at the highest level of high school football in Florida this past season, led the entire state of Florida in receiving yardage pretty talented guy might be an underrated pickup for BYU if they get his signature on Wednesday. Now, other guys that BYU offered this past weekend include Evan Johnson. He is considered more of an athlete, but he received a scholarship offer from BYU. I believe it was actually his first offer from the Cougars. A First offer overall came from the Cougars. It seemed like BYU is probably the place he ends up picking on Wednesday, but it seems like he could play both sides of the ball. Similar we just talked about with Zion Allen, a guy who played all over the field his entire high school career. Well, Evan Johnson Might be that guy. The thing about BYU and their defensive secondary, they don't mind guys who have played multiple positions. They believe they can come in and develop them. That goes back to the Ed Lamb philosophy early on in the Kalani Satake run as BYU's head coach. Ed Lamb brought in guys who had never played defense in their entire career and turned them into pretty good defensive backs. I think the poster child for all of that is Chris Wilcox, a guy who had literally never been in a defensive backpedal position before he stepped foot on BYU's campus, and now he's playing in the NFL. Yes, I understand he's on a practice squad, but still, he made the NFL, folks, and that is pretty darn impressive considering this guy, like I said, had never played defense in football in his entire life before arriving at BYU. So I think the biggest thing from BYU this week in terms of signing day you'll be looking at is if they sign more than I'd say four or five guys, like actual announced signings on signing day, I'll be stunned. They did most of their work in the early signing window like most programs do. BYU scooped up a bunch of guys. They're going to obviously add guys who are preferred walk-ons, but they will not be announced as part of the signing class because they do not sign formal uh, national letters of intent. So let's delineate that as well. You may see some guys, you're like, well, that guy isn't going to be playing for BYU. If they're a preferred walk-on, they will not be announced on signing day. Just assume that they will be on the roster If they're going on a mission two years from now, or in the case of a guy who's going to play right away, you'll see them on the roster this coming summer when training camp kicks off in August. So... I think overall, BYU is being very smart about how they're going about offering guys. They're doing work in the transfer portal, I would assume, as well. Uh, I had somebody tell me over the weekend that BYU will continue to mine the portal, and obviously you probably all saw Jackson Dart did pick Ole Miss, so that dream is dead. But BYU's not done working in the transfer portal. I think the biggest thing is BYU is going to let things play out. They may actually go through spring ball, see what other athletes out there enter the transfer portal, and then they may hit it once again and bring in one or two guys this coming summer Play for BYU. The transfer portal has extended the recruiting window pretty much year-round. I know that recruiting's a year-round practice, but what I mean by that is adding guys. It's essentially year-round at this point. With the transfer portal, you can add a guy at any point during the year. Think about it. Uh, Cade Fennigan, the BYU backup quarterback, he transferred to BYU what in July or maybe was it late July last year? After uh, he decided he was leaving Boise State, comes to BYU. That is how quickly you can add guys in this era of the transfer portal. For better or worse, that's just how it goes. And I think the BYU, should they find one or two athletes, whether it might be another running back, maybe it's another defensive back out there in the transfer portal, if they find a good athlete they believe in, they will make room for those guys and they will get them on scholarship. They will bring them in. The Cougars, speaking of the football staff down there in Provo, they are not afraid of going out and finding guys who can come in and compete right away. That's what this program has been all about. You guys know that Kalani Sitake talks about it all the time. He wants guys to compete on a day-in and day-out basis. If they can go and find a guy in the transfer portal who can come in and raise the level of of, of a position group or be the outright starter at a position, they got no problem doing that. The biggest thing is the message, and I think some of you out there think that, well, they brought in these guys. That's going to send a bad message to these guys currently on the roster. Guess what? The message to those guys on the roster is up your game, dude. That, that's the message. This is not a... Uh Good job, Johnny. Here's your participation trophy. This is high-level Division I Power 5 football, folks. This is not the good old days where, well, you, 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 you put your time in. You're going to start. No, if a guy is more talented, Kalani Satake has been very clear. No matter the position, no matter how long a guy's been in the program, if there's a better player on that roster, that dude is going to get the playing time. And that is the way it should be. And I like the fact that BYU has kind of gone to this. I get there are going to be some hard feelings by guys who maybe get beat out. But the message to those guys, if you're on the roster and BYU brings in a guy that maybe you're getting recruited over, they're recruiting a guy that you think, well, he's going to take my spot. Well, that's the message to you to better up your game, dude. That, that is the clear-as-day message from these coaches to these players. And you may think it's not fair. I, I, whatever. You can think of it what you will. But the biggest thing is BYU, they understand that all that matters, and this is my common refrain on this podcast, this Is any of you who have listened for a long time, they know that all that really matters is wins and losses. You win more than you lose. You're going to have your job long-term. BYU coaches are not immune to losing their job potentially if they were to have another 2017 on their hands. They know that. They have put together back-to-back double-digit win seasons, folks, and there's an opportunity to do that again this coming fall. But you've got to find the right dudes. If you can find talent get the talent. Acquire as much talent as you possibly can and put them in a position to succeed. And I think good things are going to happen if you continue to do that time after time after time. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll recap this weekend in BYU sports outside of basketball and football. A lot of good things. I know the basketball, the men's team did not have a good result. The women's team, they're rocking and rolling, folks. Maybe we're a women's basketball school, speaking of BYU. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, it is still January technically today so new year's resolution is still rolling i can tell you guys this much i have made it through an entire month of doing a new year's resolution in january i am Awful about giving up with my New Year's resolutions. In the interest of full disclosure, but guess what? Built Bar wants to help you guys out. If your New Year's resolution includes getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and in some cases, maybe even better than that candy bar that you enjoy. The best part is, it's significantly healthier for you than that protein than that candy bar. Excuse me. As a protein bar, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. It is undeniable. It is the healthy option, but the best part is they're delicious as well. Get to built.com While you're there, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. More importantly, I already talked about it, the Built Bar athletes of BYU football, the walk-ons, and actually every player in the BYU football program, they receive money from Built Bar via a name, image, and likeness agreement with all of the BYU football players. So when you support Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football in the process. So once again, get to Bilt.com right now, place that order, help them keep your New Year's resolutions intact, and also support our friends at BYU Football by supporting our buddies over there at Bilt Bar. As we round out this Monday edition of the show, let's go back and recap the weekend in BYU sports. And I think overall, pretty good weekend outside of the men's basketball program. The men's volleyball program, they took care of the University of Mount Olive for the second straight match, winning 3-1 Saturday evening. I think this is a BYU men's volleyball team that very much is probably going to have their struggles early on this season. They're starting a number of freshmen and newcomers to this squad. It kind of happens when you replace six of your seven starters from a season again go davide gardini is the only returning starter for byu but there's a lot of talent still in the pipeline for the men's volleyball program they're now four and two on the season so a decent start all things considered but this is still very much a young team who is not uh Operating at uh, peak efficiency, let's put it this that way. But I think that this is a team, as you continue to watch them do their thing, match in and match out, I think that they're going to continue to impress you guys. And they'll probably build throughout this season. I, I'm not necessarily projecting them making another national championship run, but with what BYU Volleyball has been known for, who's to say what they can't do at the end of the year? But a nice start for them, beating the University of Mount Olive, making it 4-2 and two on the season now for the Cougars. Also, women's... uh volleyball, not women's volleyball. Women's Gymnastics, I apologize. Number 21 ranked BYU Women's Gymnastics beat Utah State in their home opener Friday night posting a season high 196.775 at the Smithfield House Friday night. Sadie Minor Van Tassel uh, won the all-around title with a total score of 39.425 her highest all-around score of her career and BYU as a team really had a nice showing overall. Uh, The women's team had uh, an opportunity I think to show what they can do and when you're at home, obviously Obviously, you want to go out there and get it done. Uh, it looks like there were nearly 2,000 fans that showed up for the meet. So That's actually a really good representation from Cougar Nation at women's gymnastics. I've said it again. Uh, I'll, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Women's sports at BYU actually get very good representation from BYU fans, and that happens for all sports across the spectrum. Cougar Nation, I've said it once also, that BYU fans, they are fans of BYU first and foremost. They support all teams at BYU. Obviously, you have your favorites, football, basketball, whatever it might be, but I think BYU fans, you're pretty hardy and you support all the sports. Now, a team that maybe is going to carry the banner forward in the basketball season is the women's basketball program. The 16th-ranked Cougars beat up on San Francisco with a 99-58 route of the dawn Saturday afternoon. Very impressive as Paisley Harding led the Cougars with 30 points on 11 of 17 shooting. She was 5 of 7 from beyond the arc, so a very nice night for her. Shaley Gonzalez had 18 points and 7 rebounds as her backcourt running mate, so really, really nice to see BYU continuing to get it done. They are just rolling right now. They're 18-1 and on the season. 8-0 in the West Coast Conference. If you want a team that is not going to disappoint you very often because they've only lost one game this year, maybe you should latch on with the women's basketball team. I've said it also that this team plays the style of basketball that I love watching and it still holds true. Lauren Gustin had a, her 10th double-double with 11 points and 14 rebounds. It's just a lot of fun to watch uh, BYU women's hoops do their thing they have multiple options for that team to lead them in scoring. Paisley Harding goes for 30 on this night. Shaley Gonzalez had 29 just a week ago it felt like. That's the fun part with this team is you don't know who's going to go off but somebody is. And more often than not, 18 times so far this year, the Women's Hoops program, they're going to take care of business. They do have a very big road swing this week. They visit Portland who is and 13-4 on the season on Thursday. And then they face off against Arch Nemesis in the West Coast Conference Gonzaga who is and 15-4 and also 6-0 in West Coast Conference play. That Saturday up there in Spokane, so huge, huge week for both the men's and women's basketball programs. And I would encourage you guys support the women's hoops team. They are worth the price of admission. They get the job done, and it's a ton of fun to watch them do their thing. So we'll obviously continue to track that for you guys as their season progresses. But man, the men's team may have disappointed you this past weekend. The women's team. They maybe are putting a banner in the ground saying, hey, BYU is a women's basketball school. We're not a men's basketball school. We're a women's basketball school. I, I, I'm i not going to say that BYU can't do anything right now with this women's team. Because as I said, the varied options they've got, the different styles of play that they can play with, this is a team that's hard to stop. And they are they learned a lot last year from losing to Arizona, who made a deep run in the NCAA tournament last year. Similar to what BYU men's basketball experienced with UCLA in the men's tournament, but This women's team, it's all systems go. They're looking at, what, a 4 or a 3 seed, depending on what you look at projection-wise. Whereas the men's team probably fell from what we thought was maybe a 7 or an 8 seed to maybe playing on the bubble. The women's team, well, they're going to be favored to win at least one, maybe two games in the NCAA tournament. That is a little bit of uh, of a projection ahead, obviously, with still a month of the season to go. But I've got no reason to think this women's team can't do anything this season. They've just got a lot of the it factor to them. That's what I love about that team. So there you go. That's the weekend in BYU sports. Um, Anything else that pops up between today and tomorrow, because there are obviously uh, weekly awards that are handed out, we'll recap those for you guys on tomorrow's podcast as we typically do. Also want to say – congratulations despite the losses for both Fred Warner with the San Francisco 49ers as well as Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and Matt Bushman uh, from the Kansas City, oh Zane Anderson as well from Kansas City Chiefs. Hard-fought losses in both the NFC and AFC Championship games respectively there, but their seasons are over, coming a game short of the Super Bowl, but I'm just going to say this right now. Both of those teams, not going to surprise me if they're right back in the mix next year. Those are very, very proud franchises, and they all had fantastic seasons, really. All right, there you go. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Thank you for making us your first listen today. I want to encourage you guys now to get over to check out Locked On Big 12. It is your daily podcast focused on BYU's new conference home in 2023. Josh Neighbors does a great job covering everything going on in the Big 12 news-wise. would encourage you guys to check that out. Make that your second listen once we round things out here. Once again, have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 31st, 2022, and we will catch you guys tomorrow.